City's Kramer here on the Bet 1660. Right here, every single Saturday from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m., you're going to hear this lovely voice of mine from here on out until, I mean, I won't get canceled, until Speck, you know, the boss, the big boss man gets me off this uh, station. So uh, once again, Speck, thank you, thank you so much for this, uh, this time slot. But yes, the Bet 1660, this is Saturdays with Kramer. And you can chime into the show as always. You can at me at Twitter at Kramer Talks, where you can talk about all the topics I'll be getting into today. And also, you can ask me questions and all of that. So, yeah, no, f- feel free at Kramer Talks on Twitter. Join the show that way. It has been Pads Week in the NFL. So, that means everybody's getting their contact hit in. And of course, I, I'll, I'll throw this out there. One of my favorite players to watch and also pick up on fantasy football, Jalen Rashard. He's hurt because, I mean, rolled an ankle or whatever it is because it was contact week with the pads and the entire AFC West was all in full force. Everybody had a great and fun first week full of pads. And the thing that also with pads comes the concern of whether the quarterback is going to be protected and how well it's going to be because of the one-on-one drills the, the players pushing each other over, trying to get to little brother. That, that's that's what happened, and that's the thing. The biggest question mark here for the Chiefs are is the how is this offensive line I feel like is going to take shape and place. We're going to talk with AFC West and how all of their training camp report has been going on, and I still think the biggest question mark for the Kansas City Chiefs right now is that offensive line. Granted, they were restructuring everything. They, they drafted Creed Humphrey. They signed Austin Blythe. They signed Joe Tooney. They, they were making the steps in the right direction, and also they traded for Orlando Brown. So they, th- those steps in the right direction were coming that way for the Kansas City Chiefs in order to make sure Patrick Mahomes doesn't actually scramble for close to nearly 500 yards like he did against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers during the Super Bowl. So uh, granted, it, it's great. We also like to see some of the things like, hey, they drafted also Trey Smith, and he's been doing as apparently excellent. But that's still the biggest question mark. We're seeing all these players go up against a practice against their teammates, and we're getting the hype from the players and also the hype from the media saying, oh, Trey Smith's doing great. Oh, Joe Tooney's doing awesome. Creed Humphrey's snapping it with his left hand. All of that. But I, I still think it's the biggest question mark for the Kansas City Chiefs because you have the golden snitch in Patrick Mahomes. You do. So that's right there, right then and there, you already don't have to worry about your offensive uh, weapons, like such as your Tyree Kill your Travis Kelsey, or if that Noah Gray kid's actually going to step up and do something, or just even trying to figure out that X receiver, whether if it's McCole Hardman or Demarcus Robinson. They, the, the thing is, with the Kansas City Chiefs, you're going to have to figure out if this offensive line is going to work. Because, granted, Joe Tooney, a former ex-Patriot. We usually see ex-Patriots, when they leave New England, they aren't really the the best of their capabilities, because I feel like... But Bill Belichick unlocks that that hidden talent in them. I, I don't know if it's just the Patriot way or what, but it's it's the fact that when they go somewhere else, let's let's just look at Trent Brown real quick. Trent Brown went to Oakland at the time, then transferred to Las Vegas. 
But the, Trent Brown played at least 15 games for a three-year season with the Raiders. And it was because he was injury-plagued and hurt. The only Patriot that's not on the offensive side that's actually done something when leaving New England is Tom Brady. That's a, It's a quarterback. It's, it's quarterback world here. That's I mean, granted, the Chiefs don't need a quarterback at any time soon in Patrick Mahomes. But in the offensive line in that, you, it's, the, it's the question that I want to look at. Granted, the Chiefs paid Joe Tooney. So they're, they're hoping that he's going to solidify the guard position and help out little brother behind him. So with the additions of Austin Blythe and Creed Humphrey going to be battling out either the center or a guard position, which I, I honestly feel like you, if you're going to go with it, go with Creed Humphrey at the center. Then put Austin Blythe at guard, and you can also rotate him, if, say, if Creed Humphrey does get hurt, or you at least have that depth and all there. But there's also one guy with this offensive line that no one's really talking about, and that is LDT. Granted, LDT was in Canada last year uh, helping fight the virus and try to end the the spread in Canada, which he, which is incredible. It's awesome that he decided to take a year off of football in order to do that, to help with the, the, the science, helping with the people for for this virus. So LDT coming in, I, I don't think he might be the oddball out on this, and it's it's odd to say that because he's a Super Bowl winning champion. This this offensive line, I think, is the biggest question for the Chiefs when it comes into this training camp. And when it becomes preseason one, game one or preseason game two or preseason game three, I don't think we're going to see the full potential of this offensive line that people are talking about. Granted, people are all head over heels for the Trey Smith kid, but there's a good chance that he may not start because, granted, there's there's a, 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 a well-rounded, there's enough core guys right now in the Chiefs organization in order to skip that the first five guys on that line. I, Trey Smith's the oddball out. He could be your facilitator, a guy that comes in and says someone gets hurt. So that's, that's great for Trey Smith, but I'm not going to buy into the hype of anything that either the players or the media says right now currently over this Kansas City Chiefs offensive line until I see it in week one. Like that's that that's that's this plain case and also plain point. Like that's 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 just how I'm looking at it right now. If you are the Kansas City Chiefs, or if you're just watching the, the sport in general, I I still think the Chiefs are still behind, but they're also clearly the best team in the AFC West. They they're of course the best team in the AFC um, in general, but there's also teams that are also coming up right behind them that has more well-rounded team. Because granted, I'll also go over here at this point right now. The best team, the well-most-rounded team in the NFL right now is the Cleveland Browns. And they just the only biggest question mark for them is their quarterback, and that's probably the biggest question mark ever. So that, that's that's good for the Kansas City Chiefs at this point, just having that offensive line be the biggest question mark. And granted, it's it's not, I mean, it's a hard sport, but it's not hard to find the right guys in order to protect Patrick Mahomes. Because if you, granted, if Patrick Mahomes has at least a second or two more than he did last season, that will go a long way. So when I say this is the biggest question mark for the Chiefs, it's not like it's the end of the world for them because you at least know they are going to be exceptionally well on the offensive side with Patrick Mahomes as their quarterback. So if, if Pat gets that one or two extra seconds more, the Chiefs will be fine. And that's probably the biggest position battle to watch if I'm the Kansas City Chiefs. And if you're just watching it just to watch you, I'm watching that offensive line. Granted, it may not be the most flashiest or the, the best thing to cover or just look at, but if you have a great offensive line, you will end up having a great offense in general. So let's just go. Let's just go now from AFC West to team to team on that one. Let's just go with the Denver Broncos right now with the positioning group that they have. 
the the biggest question mark for them is clearly Teddy Bridgewater or Drew Locke. And then when it comes down to Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater, then also goes down to their wide receivers because they at least have a, a decent amount of wide receivers there. I honestly feel like the different Broncos, if they actually have a true quarterback, just imagine, well, I mean, don't imagine this. I mean, if you want to, you can. It's a great analogy. But say if Patrick Mahomes was a Denver Bronco right now, that would be scary because Denver might have the best defense in the AFC West. They have a few good young weapons that are going to end up continuing to grow, as in Jerry Judy or Noah Fant or Albert O. I think Albert O, their second tight end, might have a breakout season this year if they use them wisely, whether it's Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater. And you got Cortland Sutton there. He's a guy that's obviously a clearly reliable wide receiver when he's healthy on the field. Granny didn't play much of last season at all. But no, Teddy Bridgewater, Andrew Locke, that's the biggest question mark for the Broncos. It seems like the Broncos has been trying to figure out who their quarterback is going to be, either since John Elway, Jay Cutler, or even Peyton Manning. Granted, Peyton Manning's probably the most recent one everybody knows because, I mean, one of the winning the, the Super Bowl, almost called the World Series, and they're an accident. Nope, different sport, different genre. But the Broncos' situation with Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater, I think it's going to be a week-to-week thing. Like, this is going to be, say, there's a great practice for Drew Locke here. You know what? Drew Locke had a great Wednesday. He had a great Wednesday practice. And, hey, we, he had a great Thursday practice as well. You know what? Let's just give Drew Locke the start. All right, and then it comes, uh, then it comes Tuesday, the, 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 that practice on Tuesday. Holy cow, Drew Locke looked terrible that day. Teddy Bridgewater looked fantastic. I mean, you know what? We're gonna roll, we're gonna roll with Teddy Bridgewater this week, and I, and for that, that possibility of the Denver Broncos possibly doing that, whether if it's a week by week thing with the Locker and Bridgewater, that is not sustainable in the NFL. It is not. It, it you if you're in the NFL, you want the the rhythm, you want the competitiveness. Clearly, everybody wants to be competitive here in this league, but if you're having a bigger fire than say Bridgewater has a bigger fire than Drew Locke. I'm rolling with Bridgewater the entire season. Granted, I, I, if I'm the Broncos right now, I'm still rolling with Bridgewater the entire season and not Drew Locke. Drew Locke showed a complete regression last season. He was everybody's favorite darling before Justin Herbert came last season. So everybody wants to say, okay, yeah, Drew Locke, looks, he looks awesome. Granted, I love Drew Locke. I, grant, he's from Kansas City area. I, I absolutely adore the guy. But I think Bridgewater has the edge over Drew Locke no matter what. And Drew Locke may just be having to be a backup. Or if, the, if worst case scenario, he could pack his bags and go to, um, uh, to the Colts because at least they're looking for a quarterback right now because I'm not sure if Carson Wentz can even make it to that 5-12 week span of his foot injury. So if I'm Drew Locke, I'm thinking about, you know what? If it's Bridgewater, I'm getting out of here as soon as possible. And that's the thing. I believe Bridgewater will end up winning that starting job for, for Denver. Now, if you look at the Las Vegas Raiders, the biggest thing for them is that defense. That defense is horrendous. The defense is the reason why they have such a terrible record year in and year out. Everybody wants to blame Derek Carr for everything. No, Derek Carr is actually out there making things happen. What's not happening is the fact of that defense, and that, that it all comes down to that linebacker's court. A couple off seasons ago, they signed Corey Littleton. They were hoping Corey Littleton was going to be the guy for them to anchor that defense and be that Mike linebacker. And honestly, the guy from the Bears they signed along the same year with Corey Littleton in that offseason was Nick Kwiatkowski. He actually outperformed Littleton, and he's getting paid less. 
Now the now the Raiders this offseason signed a guy that was undrafted named Max Richards, and he has the possibility of making the the starting the starting lineup. He can be the starting middle linebacker. And he's the guy out of Boston College. And then they're also thinking about Tater Muse. Muse, who was hurt all last season. That's kind of odd because Muse was a third-round draft pick. And it kind of reminded me how when they drafted Jonathan Abram a couple of years ago, where that first game, he ended up breaking his, uh, tore his rotator cuff, dislocated or something, but he played one game without the remainder of the season. The same thing that happened to Tanner Muse pretty much. He got hurt in the uh, at preseason, and he didn't play at all. I'm, I'm hoping Tanner Muse has the has the capability of actually coming out there and making plays, making things happen, because he's a hard-hitting running guy that they were going to use him as a nickel corner or even just a linebacker in general because of how his speed is, his build, and what it's going to be. But that's the thing. These two guys need to step it up. If you're either Max Richardson or Tanner Muse, you are, those are guys that are like lobbying for the starting starting jobs on that defense because of how bad this defense is. It is. It's horrendous. And that means right now that Nicholas Morrow, who's a third-year guy on this defense, on this linebacker core, that's the longest on the team. Like This defense is so different. If you want to look at this defense, go to... Let's, what is it, 2021 now, this upcoming 21, 2021 season. Let's go back to 2017 and look at that defense. You do that for me, and you name me one guy that's been on that team. Jonathan Hankins. That's it. Jonathan Hankins, a defensive tackle. Granted, there's also secondary guys on there too, but yeah, this defense for the the Raiders, that's the thing that needs to step up for them. That's, that's, that's just their biggest question mark right now. Now, if you go to the Chargers, some people forget that the Chargers are still in the organization. And I, I granted, I I kind of forget too. I, I, they're just like that little team out there. But everybody loves Justin Herbert. This, they have no problem with their quarterback's room whatsoever. Granted, I don't think Justin Herbert's going to have a great sophomore season, but that's just me. But still, the, the position battle to watch for them is their tight ends because they Hunter Henry last year went to, well, this offseason went to the Patriots, so that's why they signed Jared Cook. Jared Cook's. At his age, he's still a great receiving tight end. And the fact that you can pair him up with a guy like Donald Parham that they signed last year, and he was a guy that was a standout in the XFL. He's a guy that could possibly be the tight end number one for the Chargers, but they, you know what, this one roll at Jared Cook because of his his veteran status. Honestly, you pair Jared Cook up and Donald Parham together, they're practically the same height. They're practically the same player. They're actually going to... Wreck Havoc, I feel like in the end zone, and I mean, granted, I feel like they might have five touchdowns apiece between these guys. And so, I mean, 10 total touchdowns, five apiece. And Justin Herbert's probably going to fall in love with these two dudes. Like, that's what's going to happen. Because that it's, it's just the AFC West, man. It's just, it's a fun. People, it's a thing. I think it's a fun division to go and look at. But granted, the past, however long Patrick Mahomes has been a, a, a chief, they've won the AFC West every single time, but granted, it has, it's been competitive for the other three teams to valley, to lobby for the second spot in the AFC West. It's been fun. I'm, I'm, I can't wait for the day whether it's the Raiders winning the AFC West or the Broncos winning the AFC. Nah, no, we don't, no one wants to see the Broncos win the AFC West. Uh, maybe the Chargers. It'd be kind of cool to see the Chargers out there. If everybody thinks that's what's going to happen, but if I'm the Kansas City Chiefs right now, you're going to win the AFC West. I'm I'm saying that right now. If if I'm gonna go from top to bottom, uh, ranking one, two, three, and four from what we've seen already for training camp, what I've been looking at, Kansas City Chiefs one, Las Vegas Raiders two, Denver Broncos and the Chargers may be tied, tied for third. Like that's that that Chargers third, Chargers can be ah, they're gonna be better than the Broncos and and Broncos fourth. Bron- you can't roll with two quarterbacks. You just can't do it. 
You, you can't. I'm Kramer here. Saturdays with Kramer here on the Bet sixteen sixty. It'll be trade deadline was last Friday, and there's been the aftermath. We're gonna go over some of the guys that's actually been traded, and they've actually performed already. We'll do that next. You're listening to Saturdays with Kramer on the Bet sixteen sixty. Back in here on a Saturday, it's Kramer's Saturdays with Kramer's. Excuse me, right here on the Bet sixteen sixty. Don't forget, you can always chime in on the show. You can at me on Twitter at Kramer Talks, where you can talk about all the topics on this show, or you can even ask me a question. I'll answer all of them towards the end of the show. So feel free, please, 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 send some questions. They will be trade deadline. I love the trade deadline. It's one of my favorite times of the year. I'm so glad, so so glad that they actually moved to the 30th this year on a Friday per personal reasons. I was getting tired of it being on the 31st at the end of July. At least I get one more day in July rather than hoping for the 31st and other reasons. So yeah, no, the MLB trade deadline last Friday, I I was actually on uh, heading down south with the my mother, my girlfriend, and my brother and his fiance, and I was just on the on the phone, just looking at my phone, updating everything, refreshing, 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 because you can only refresh so many times on Twitter, because uh, I mean Ken Rosenthal, John Heyman, Jeff Passan, you name it, the guys are the best in the business out there telling us what's happening in the tradescape for MLB, and it's my favorite time of the year. I, I love it. It's it's. I feel bad for my buddy Noah. His nationals are depleted with Max Scherzer leaving, Brad Hand leaving, Kyle Schwarber leaving, even Trey Turner gone. Trey Turner's making his MLB debut. To, no, excuse me, not MLB debut. I'll, I'll pedal the brakes on that. Making his Dodger debut tonight for the blue and white. So, yeah, let's just get into some of the, the teams, the names, the players that have been sent away. And let's just go with the guy that, let's just start with the blue and the white. Let's just go with the Dodgers. Max Scherzer, his first appearance, Max Scherzer was dazzling. He looked like the AL Cy Young Award winner, the NL Cy Young Award winner. All the Cy Young Awards that he's won, that's what he looked like during his time when his first debut for the Dodgers. I mean, he pitched seven strong innings, 10 strikeouts, 10 strikeouts. Yeah, he he did get two earned runs, but he was also credited for that win. Impressive the fact that you can go from point A to point B and still be rocking everything. This is the guy, this is an all-star. This was an all-star for the Nationals right here. And 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 then the National League, and then now he's just still in the National League, but for a different team. Usually, when it comes to the All Star break, you look at the players like so let's just look at a Brian Reynolds for the Pirates. I'm actually shocked Brian Reynolds was not traded, and he was an All Star. You when you look at it, when you go to look at the watch the All Star game, you see these guys for like the Pirates, the Orioles, the Royals. Um, let's what's another team that's the bottom feeder? I mean, you could classify. I mean, the Nationals, of course, they actually sent guys to the. To, to the All-Star game, but you look at these guys and you see these like, oh, wow, there's really not many players. There's only one or two players from this team, maybe just one that's representing their team. There's a good chance that one or two guys are going to be traded. That, that's, that's, just, that's just a proven fact. And now let's look at another guy, Anthony Rizzo. Anthony Rizzo was traded from the Cubs to the Yankees. Honestly, I am a Cubs hater. I do not like the Cubs. I, do, I despise the Cubs. And these next three guys were a Cub, and they are now far away. Here's the thing. Anthony Rizzo, I could classify him as like, the second Mr. Cup. Like he could he's the he's like one of the heart and souls of the team that helped them win the World Series back in 2014. Like this is this is, I, I hate saying that they won the World Series. I do. I it's 
it's uh, it's the Cubs, man. I'm a Cardinals fan. That's the reason why I, I despise the Cubs. But him leaving to go to New York was kind of sad. I actually I felt worse for Anthony Rizzo rather than Chris Bryant and Javi Baez being traded. But for Anthony Rizzo right now, he's about at 321, three home runs, six RBIs in eight games for the pinstripes. And at least with Anthony Rizzo, you have that short porch out in right field and left field at Yankee Stadium. This dude's hitting moonshots to like the gaps. Like this, I, I, that's what I love about Anthony Rizzo right now. Like he's actually, I'm actually going to become a fan favorite of his. Him and the, I, I'm not a big Yankees fan, but I'll support him right now. Like I, him moving away from the Chicago is a good thing and a sad thing, but I, I will root for him in the, for the Yankees because if he's going to hit moonshots, I really can't say other slingage for home runs on the air, but you know what I mean. You know them, um, uh, Something slapping, yeah, no, yeah, no. I'm not going to, I will accidentally say it. I'm not going to. But I do enjoy Anthony Rizzo there, and he's he's clearly tearing it up. Chris Bryant tearing up for the Giants. Like, he got traded to the Giants. Batting 318, I mean, 318's good. If you get traded, and that's in seven, uh, six games, he has a home run and a couple RBIs. He did hit a home run in his first at-bat, well, in that first game with the Giants. Now you go to Javi Baez. This is a guy that you're going to see a lot of strikeouts. This is a guy you're going to see a lot of non-walks. Uh, you're going to see him get a hold of a few every once in a while, maybe one a week, which is really good in Major League Baseball if you hit home run a week. This is what he does. He strikes out way too much. You throw him a slider away, he's going to swing at it no matter what. Uh, he's batting at 171 for the Mets. A couple home runs, three RBIs in seven games. He did help the Mets win a game already, which is perfect because the Mets, I believe the Mets were ahead of the AL East no, excuse me, the NL East for over 100 days, and just yesterday the Phillies finally took over, which the Phillies are just red hot. The Phillies are just, it's impressive to watch the Phillies. It's, I'm not a big Bryce Harper fan either. I, I think he's overrated, but people are saying, oh, if they're calling for him being the MVP, no, he's not the MVP of the National League, please. That's that's just, that's just that's ludicrous right there. There's no way. But Javi Baez batting a 171, you're going to, if you're the Mets, that's what you're, you, you traded for. You traded for a 171 career hitter pretty much. He's gonna hit home runs. Now Jose Brios, he was in division for the in the Central in division with the Royals. His first game for the Blue Jays. He's having a second start today in the doubleheader against the Red Sox. Jose Brios pitched six strong innings, seven strikeouts, didn't even get a run. He got he got the win. Like he he the, Jose Brios is a guy that needed that scenery change. Like he that that's the scenery change in Major League Baseball. People believe that it's like non-existent. Like oh no, they don't need that. They just need to go out there and work their way through it. Jose Brios looked like a different pitcher for the Blue Jays just as past as his first start with them. And also, let's talk to another guy who definitely needed a scenery change that went south really quick in his production. That's Jorge Soler for the Royals. They traded him to the Braves. The Braves were on a fire sale. I think it was Eddie Rosario being traded there. Adam Duvall was trying to get tra- got traded there. Jorge Soler, they were just trying to pick up as many outfield bats as possible, especially if you're trying to get Jorge Soler and also Adam Duvall. You definitely want to get the high home run or even strikeouts there. Jorge Soler batted like a 170 in Kansas City. He's batting a 304 right now in Atlanta. What, what? This is a complete different change. He has two home runs and five RBIs in just six games. Granted, he was getting hot at the right time for the Royals if they wanted to trade him. Then, I mean, everybody, like, I mean, I also work for 610 Sports Radio. I, I mean, I've, I've talked with the, the hosts. I've talked with the producers. Everybody's like, 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 like it's, it's, it's not like it's, it's time, but it's the fact of there's nothing being shown here until of late with the Royals, and he actually gets hot, and then we're like, do we really want to trade him? But then I'm also that type of person that's like, if he gets hot right now, 
send him somewhere else. Like, there's no reason for you to keep him on your roster and then possibly go on a cold streak. Granted, there's a good chance he might have a cold streak here within the next few weeks that can actually last a month. That's how we're going to get the production for Jorge Soler. But granted, I want to see Jorge Soler flourish. I want to see him thrive because that's the player he is. We saw that when his first stint with the Cubs, and he get traded for Wade Davis to the Royals. Then he ends up shattering Mike Moustakas' home run record of 38. I think he ended up with 48, I believe. Close to 50. This is a Jorge Soler is a guy that could hit 50 home runs if you, can, if, if you don't throw him a curveball. He can't hit the curveball. That's, he can't hit the curveball. He's like, he's like Pedro Serrano in the Major League. He can't hit the curveball. can't do it. I want to touch on this real quick before we uh, take a break. So the because we're, we're on the baseball topic, the Olympic baseball team finished second and they took the 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 bronze. No, excuse me, the silver medal today against Japan, which actually that game started at I believe five a.m. our time, and it ended about when I, I was pulling into the station around eight this morning. So it was uh, from five to eight today. That was the gold medal game. U.S. ended up taking uh, the uh, the silver. But that's the thing. Do people really care that... Well, let's just start this back up. The baseball team consists of... Our Olympic baseball team consists of non-40-man roster players on Major League Baseball clubs. Overseas players, such as players in the KBO or the Nepal League that's over in uh, Japan... Or MLB free agents, because we see Todd Frazier was one of the big spectacles for this team that people are trying to get behind and everything. So that's 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 what we're seeing with our Olympic baseball team. Now with our Olympic basketball team, we're seeing guys like Kevin Durant, Zach Levine, was Kyle Lowry in it? I'm not sure. I didn't watch into the basketball. I know Middleton was. You also have uh, Drew Holiday. You you get the the guy that are the guys that are all stars. The guys who are control of the league. Bam Adebayo was on the team. But we're not seeing guys like for Team USA, like like we see in the the World Baseball Classic, like a Nolan Arenado, a Paul Goldschmidt. We're we're not seeing those types of players with those caliber. Heck, you could throw Justin Turner in there, Corey Seager in there, and heck, pitchers wise, you can put Max Scherzer on the team. That's kind of weird. That I just named three guys just right back off the back that are all playing on the Dodgers, which is just how the Dodgers are just are. It's 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 they have money. That's that's the reason why they're there. Uh, but. Baseball, on the other hand, that's why nobody wanted to have it when it came back um, uh, this year. Like, the, like the baseball wasn't didn't happen at all back in 2016. Like, the, it was just not the Olympic sport, and they brought it back, which I absolutely love and adore. Because let's go back to like the 80s, where Mark McGuire was on the team, where he was just hitting bombs. Like that, like that's when he was not even on a 40 man roster, and this is a guy that we're seeing. Like flourish over in the Olympic Games, and now we just can't wait to see this guy get called up for the Oakland Athletics. That, that's just how that was. That's that's what I do enjoy seeing about this Olympic baseball team because there's some guys that are not on a 40 man roster who will will be on the Major League Baseball club within the next two years, which is going to be impressive to watch. But yeah, no, I, I I like the format of how the USA tries to acquire their players because even like coming up to the games prior to this. They could use forty-man roster players, I believe. Like they, I, I'm trying to think of Jonathan Bolin is on the on the team because I mean he had to be taken out. Maybe they, maybe they weren't. Maybe maybe the, maybe they didn't use forty-man roster prior. But they no, they did because Matthew Libertor for the Cardinals were was on this forty-man roster. So the prior to it, it's great. Then seeing the guys overseas trying to win that gold medal, which granted I didn't think the USA baseball team was going to make it that far. They outproved me. They did, and I absolutely enjoyed it. I watched as much as I can with it. 
I, I, I'm a guy that I can wake up early in the morning and just sit there, drink my coffee, and just watch it. And then after it's done, just go back to bed and a 20-minute cat nap before I have to go to my other job. That, that's, that's, I did that one morning. I, 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 yes. So, yeah. This is the Bet 1660, right? And I am Kramer, and this is Saturdays with Kramer. Since this is the bet, let's make some bets next. You're listening to Saturdays with Kramer on the Bet 1660. Staples Connect has everything for back to school at amazing prices. Right now, Crayola 12 count colored pencils and 10 plus 2 Crayola marker bonus packs and Staples 2 pack scissors are just 97 cents each. So your student won't just be ready for school, they'll be tons of drawings to hang on the fridge ready. We're going to need a bigger refrigerator. Visit your local Staples store or staples.com slash back to school today and get more than ready for school. Ends 918. Limit 30 on Crayola. Limit 6 on scissors. I absolutely love my dog, but the constant shedding, not so much. But then I got a Swiffer Sweeper pet kit, and it is amazing. These super thick cloths pick up a crazy amount of hair. Just look at all that. And that was from just one swipe. And the best part? Sweeper's so much easier to maneuver than a broom or a vacuum, easily getting around chairs and under the couch. You're right. Now I can focus on you, not your shedding. Swiffer Sweeper Pet Kit. Because shed happens. Starting stronger starts at AutoZone, where they've got battery solutions in the form of free battery testing, free battery charging, and replacement batteries that fit your needs. That's what makes them America's number one battery destination. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Hey, son. How are you feeling? Um, I'm fine, Pops. (sighs) What's on your mind? I just, I can't explain it. When your kid can't find the language, help them find the lyrics. Listen to the Sound It Out album and get tips and tools to start a conversation at SoundItOutTogether.org. Brought to you by Ad Council and Pivotal Ventures. Hi, I'm Derek Stevens, owner and chief executive officer of Circus Sports. We've got $10 million on the line between our two contests. Circa Millions has $4 million in guarantees. The Circus Survivor has a $6 million guarantee. You enter in Vegas, play from anywhere. Must be 21 or older. And in the back to legally enter. Circus Sports encourages responsible gaming. All rights reserved. All right, class. Let's hear what everyone did this weekend. Jill? Well, I raised my older sister to a big oak tree. It was at least 100 years old. My mom said I must have set a record or something. And then we went down by a stream and perched up on this huge rock and saw all these little minnows swimming around way below us. And then I rescued my little brother from an evil slug king who was guarding him at the bush fortress. And my sister and I brought him back to our super twig fort for safety. And then we all laid out and told stories until it got dark. And the Big Dipper led us all the way home. Where were you, Jill? Yeah. We went to the forest. It's not that far away. Anyone want to come this weekend? (laughs) Ask your parents to take you and your friends to the forest this week and find the fun, adventurous you. It's closer than you think. Check out discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service and the Ad Council. Olivia, from Washington. Laid off and trying to keep our little kids from realizing that mommy and daddy haven't eaten in a while. Roger from California. I'm grateful we could afford our son's surgery. I'm nervous that now we can't really afford food. Daniel from California. Choosing whether to pay the rent or pay to fix the car to get to work doesn't leave us with much at all. 
Now we can't even pay for meals. Donna from Louisiana. The storm just hit, and we went from donating to the food bank to needing it. Keisha from South Carolina. I've been skipping meals so my two kids can eat, but filling up on water doesn't really work. Hunger is a story we can end. End it at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. The Bet 1660. Saturdays with Kramer right here. Every single Saturday from here on out. Until I get pulled off the air. Let's hope that's not doesn't happen anytime soon. Don't forget you can chime in with the show. You can ask me questions too. Over on the Twitter. At Kramer Tucks is the handle. You can join the conversation that way. Got a tweet from Noble. My boy, my buddy, Nolan. Who would you say won the trade deadline this year? I think it's the Dodgers, and it's not even close. I absolutely agree with you. It, the Dodgers are they they just know what they're doing constantly. And it's the the thing that they know what they're doing is because they have the biggest, almost one of the biggest pocketbooks in Major League Baseball. With granted the Yankees are there up there as well. But the Dodgers getting Max Scherzer, Trey Turner, right? That's just you just, that's all you need. And that's not even talking about the other trades that they made. Like this is the, they just signed Cole Hamels not too long, like yesterday, I believe. Now they, they 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 won this trade deadline like it was no other. They always win the trade deadline like it's no other. They always accumulate the pitching. They always that's the thing. They always have the hitting. They can trade their hitting away. They have a a, a surplus of hitting in their minor leagues. Heck, it took them about fifty games this season to get Gavin Lux a starting spot. I, I digress. I digress. But no, they they absolutely won the MLB trade deadline. The Dodgers did. I, I I would like to say the Royals did at times, but they won the offseason. But it, nothing came from it. Let's make some bets. This is the bet sixteen sixty, and I like to make bets. Remember, not too long ago, I think it was like the start of the year, where MLB was like, "Hey, this is coming up here like on this date," and that was the MLB Rally app. That I believe that's what it was. That's their quick pitch thing. So you know what? I've won a handful of these things. So let's just, if you have the MLB Rally app, if not, just go ahead and download it. If you need to be my friend code, I can tweet that out. But the questions, they always ask you seven questions. Today, they asked you eight questions today. So you know what? We're going to go with those questions because these, they're, it's interesting. Let's just, let's just go with the first question they said today. Will Trey Turner get a hit in his first start as a Dodger today versus the Angels? Yes. Trey Turner's a hitting machine. Heck, if Trey Turner wanted to flip a bunt down, surprise people, I mean, that's what he usually does, he can make the first base easily. Like, he, he, can, he can literally just bunt it, pretty much speed walk, and still make it there. Like, that's, Trey Turner can do whatever he wants. So there's a reason why on MLB The Show, I play MLB The Show constantly. Uh, they had the new All-Star Game cards were out, and Trey Turner was one of them. I wanted that damn card like it was nothing because you had the power, the hitting contact ability, the speed, the defense. He had the best defensive card, too, on the All-Star Game cards anyway, the show. Will Trey Turner get a hit against the Angels today? Yes. In that same game, this is question number two. In that same game, will the Dodgers starting pitcher Julio Rios be credited with his MLB leading 14th win of the season? And I say yes because the Dodgers don't 
quit. If the fact that the Dodgers are still winning games left and right, and the fact that Urias has 14 wins with the with Cody Bellinger only having like eight home runs, 30 RBIs, batting a buck 72, is impressive to say the least. Heck, they made that deal for Trey Turner when Corey Seager was hurt. The last time when Corey Seager was hurt and they made a deal for a shortstop was Manny Machado. The, the Dodgers know what they're doing. No matter what, whether it's the pitching or the hitting, it's just, I hate it. Like, this is one of the most consistent teams in the past decade of making it to the postseason and going far. And the, the, granted, last year was their first time they won it since, what, the 80s or 70s, however long ago was it when Kurt Gibson was rounding the bases, uh, chugging along. It's about time they won, but at the at some point that that rain's gonna go down. It's it's gonna it's going to. So, but Urias is going to have his 14th and leading. Yes, he will. Number three, which starter will allow the fewest hits at home today? Is it Luis Garcia versus the Minnesota Twins? Kyung Young Kim versus the Kansas City Royals? Charlie Morton versus the Nationals? Are you Darvish versus Arizona? Excuse me on that. Um, I'm, I'm saying you Darvish versus Arizona because Arizona has not been good. Like they're, it's, they're just not a good baseball team. They, they have the players, the capability of actually doing something, but they just can't put it all out on the field at once. Like They wasted Matt, Madison Bumgarner's final, final few years of his career. I, I think they did. Granted, he's going to probably pitch for another five, but they, they're wasting Madison Bumgarner there. I, I thought it was crazy at the time when they, they signed Zach Grinke. Because they didn't do nothing. Like they they try to make those splashes, but it seems like it backfires on them all the time. Just like just look at the Paul Goldschmidt trade. I mean, Carson Kelly's great. I mean, Car- Paul Goldschmidt's actually he's fallen off a little bit. I'm not gonna lie. But yeah, now you Darvish versus Arizona. If you want the which starter will allow the fewest hits at home today, you Darvish versus Arizona. Question number four: Who will have the most total bases today when the Marlins take on the Rockies? Is it gonna be Hayes Aguilar, Miguel Rojas, or Brendan Rodgers, or Trevor Story? I'm going Brendan Rodgers right here. I think I'm going with the guy that may not be the one that to do it, but he's the guy that's going to shock you. Trevor Story, I've always ride with him, and he's eh, he, he goes away. He, also, if you have some FanDuel lineups you want to do, like MLB FanDuel lineup, I'll have that up coming up next. Well, later on for this. So, yeah, go to Brandon, Brendan Rodgers on who will have the most total bases when the Marlins take on the Rockies. So let's go to question number five. Brewers ace Brandon Woodruff has struck out more than a batter per inning this season. How many Ks will he have today against the Giants? I say seven. Seven for Brandon Woodruff. Number Question number six. Which team will win today's I-70 series between the Kansas City Royals and the St. Louis Cardinals? And also, how many runs will they win by? So, J.A. Happ yesterday made his Cardinals debut. Prior The game prior before that uh, for the Cardinals was John Lester. I don't know why they're bringing in those old guys, to the old lefties, to come in there. And the Grizzled Vets, I did not like the John Lester trade, to tell you that. But Lane Thomas, to the, no, no thank you. Um, the Cardinals are going to win. I think Cardinals are going to win this series. They're going to win by four today. I, sorry, Vern, if you're listening, that the Royals are going to lose. Uh, spoiler alert. Anyway, it's at Bush. Yeah, no, it's Cardinals all the way. Like Nolan Arenado's hot. Paul Goldschmidt at a homer yesterday, which honestly, incredible catch by a dad and his son out there making a great moment with that home run ball. That, that's what I love about baseball. It's something that I will never have a moment of doing. And you know what? I really don't care. I, 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 I don't care the fact that I can't go to a baseball game or when I was younger with my father because you know what? My mother, she's a saint. 
Like, there's there's no question about it. She took me to those games. Granted, the only time I got a, a, a ball was during uh, I wore my Oakland Athletics stuff. And Jesse Chavez threw me two baseballs in the bullpen when the bullpen was out in right field and not in left for the away guys. It was kind of cool. That's the only time I've gotten baseballs. I actually gave uh, I actually gave my other baseball to my brother. I kind of had to do that a little bit, but yeah. No, Cardinals today by four against the Royals. Question number seven. How many earned runs will starting pitcher Tanner Houck and Jose Brios each allow during game two of today's Red Sox-Blue Jays doubleheader? I'm going to say two apiece. And on number question number eight, the tiebreaker. How many hits will the Pirates and the Reds combine for their matchup today? I say a total of 18. So make sure if you do have the MLB rally up, if you want to take my side in all this, which granted the most I've ever made correctly in a row from the seven questions was five. So this is going to be an all eight for today. Now let's go to the FanDuel lineups. I used to tweet these out prior before the pandemic happened and then I just stopped doing it. And now I'm getting back into it, and I want to make money with you guys. This is on a 25-cent buy-in, and also this is a disclaimer. Remember, you can use this lineup if you want, but if it doesn't make you any money, then don't blame me. I am not an expert. Not an expert whatsoever. My pitcher I'm taking today is U Darvish against Arizona. Like I already said earlier, Arizona is not a good hitting team. U Darvish all the way. He's going to carve them up and everything. Plus, they're also in San Diego. Take U Darvish. For the catcher first base spot, Mike Zanino versus Baltimore. Granted, there's a right-handed pitcher on the mound. Mike Zanino is more of a left-handed prominent guy. If Mike Zanino does start, I'm taking Mike Zanino because, one, it's against Baltimore, and, two, Mike Zanino can just flat-out rake. For the second base spot, take Whit Merrifield against uh, Kwon Young Kim. The left-handed batter, um, the left-handed pitcher on the right-handed batter, it's a great method, plus Kwon Young Kim's uh, off-speed may not affect Whit so much because Whit is such a good, good hitter. And he's going to start him off with a fastball. Witt always swings first pitch fastball, so make sure you have Whit Merrifield in your starting lineup or even just you just have a sports book. Have Whit Merrifield hit the home run stakes. It's going to happen. For third base, Nolan Arenado versus Kansas City. Brad Keller's on the mound. I, I, I've talked to Brad Keller plenty of times. I love the dude, but Nolan Arenado's going to have the upper hand against Brad today. Shortstop, Trey Turner against Los Angeles Angels. Like you, you, It's Trey Turner's first start. Start him right now. Start Trey Turner. He's gonna he's gonna make a big impact for today's game. In the outfield, let's go with Chris Bryant, one of the guys that just got traded to the Giants. Like it, yeah, they're, they're playing against Milwaukee. Why not take Chris Bryant? He's gonna flourish. The second outfielder spot, we'll take Tommy Pham against Arizona. Tommy is a guy that I like to rely on the most, and I, every time I I do pick Tommy Pham on my FanDuel lineups or just in lineups in general, like he he always he always performs. So make I I'm still riding that pine with Tommy Pham. Go Tommy Pham today if any of your lineups is try to make sure you have him in there. Let's go with the outfield. Another spot. Cedric Mullins versus Tampa Bay. Granted, it's Tampa Bay. They're going to they have the pitching for today. But Tommy Pham, I obviously not. Excuse me. Cedric Mullins, you got to go with the all-star. And for my utility bench, go against Brian Reynolds. Take Brian Reynolds, uh, the Pittsburgh Pirate, against Cincinnati. Because pitcher Vladimir Gutierrez for the Reds has a 4.39 ERA. And yes, just remember, you can use this line if you want. But if it does not make money, you are not blaming me. I am not an expert. So once again, you Darvish, Mike Zanino, Whit Merrifield, Nolan Arenado, Trey Turner, Chris Bryant, Tommy Pham, Cedric Mullins, and Brian Reynolds. All in that order. That will win me money today. But will it win you money? That's not the... I I can't answer that that question because, I mean, I'm not an expert. You know one thing I won't stop doing? There's just one thing I will not stop doing whatsoever in the rest of my entire career of either in radio broadcasting, sports radio, sports writing, all of that. 
I won't stop booing. Next. You're listening to Saturdays with Kramer on The Bet 1660. The Bet 1660. This is Saturdays with Kramer. I'm Kramer. Once again, you can always chime in. At Kramer Talks on Twitter. At me. Ask me questions. If you like a topic, you want me to, to discuss a topic, let me know. I enjoy doing this stuff. I do. I do. Um, uh, I tease that uh, I won't stop booing. Uh, when I was on the tr- on my trip last week with my family, I ended up getting uh, some new ink on me. Like I, I'm, I'm covered in. T- I wouldn't say I'm all the way covered in tattoos, but I, I at some point I will be covered in tattoos. But uh, my uh, my girlfriend ended up getting uh, a piercing, and I I said, "Oh, go all out. Just go all out with the piercing." And she said, "No," and I started booing at her because I won't stop booing. That's just the thing. And it's kind of like right now in Major League Baseball, everybody is still continuing to boo the Houston Astros as if you should because the Houston Astros, they are cheaters. They, they, they are. That's just the thing. They're cheaters. Like There was a trash can being thrown on the field earlier this week when the Astros were in L.A. So people are going to... People know, know what the Astros did. They do. They... They, they're just a team that you better start booing them no matter what. Like It's kind of like back in uh, when Kansas City was... When Kansas City hosted the Home Run Derby, that uh, Robinson Cano didn't pick Billy Butler. When Robinson Cano was batting, everybody was booing. Everybody was booing, 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 booing. There was actually a Royals fan. I was wearing my Carlos Beltran shirt because Carlos Beltran was in the Home Run Derby. Um, he said, hey, um, I won't boo Carlos Beltran, which if you're a Kansas City diehard Royals fan, why would you boo Carlos Beltran when he he's... He put up numbers here in a time where it was not a good year for baseball. Yeah, Johnny Damon and Carlos Beltran in the same outfield. That's ridiculous. They didn't. Uh, that, uh, pitching was terrible then. But a guy said, hey, I'll boo. If you boo Robinson Cano, then I won't boo Carlos Beltran. I didn't take up the offer because I'm like, I don't really care. I, I mean, Billy Butler is cool and all, but I don't think Billy Butler should have been on the home run derby. But, you know, that was that booing thing. I should have. Now thinking about it, I'm glad I didn't boo because I'm booing now. I'm, I saved all my boos up to this point. This is Joey Votto on the Dan Patrick Show about, uh, you know, the cheating Astros. Yeah, there's no question about it. The idea that they were the only one doing something wrong just baffles me. But, uh, you know, I agree with you completely. But if Altuve gets to first base. Yes, very fond of him. I like him a lot. What kind of conversation do you have? I've had... Lots of conversations with him. We talk about hitting almost entirely. But no, no garbage can, no, no garbage can mentions. Like you can't even have a little subtle dig, can you? No, because he came out and said that. Listen, he came out and said that he had no part in it. And I, I have to believe a person based on you know if they. I'm assuming he's telling the truth, so I'm going to believe him. And then, good guy Joey Votto right there said believing Jose Altuve. I mean, granted, he did come out and say like he did apologize. Uh, he said sorry for all the things, but if he didn't do it, I, he did it. This dude was literally rounding. <laughs> this dude hit a home run, a changeup off of Aldis Chapman to make it to the World Series, and he was pulling his shirt, tugging it to where like he didn't want it ripped off. Then this year, Aaron Judge hit a home run. He's rounding third base. He's doing the exact same thing of like, hey, don't pull my jersey off, trying to make fun of Jose Altuve. He did that. That next game. The next day, Jose Altuve hit a walk-off home run. He rips that shirt off. How much? Dude, are you kidding? He actually ripped his shirt off. And the reason why he didn't rip his shirt off in that a wild card game is because he said that his wife was too self-conscious and did not want him showing off his body to the world. 
Are you serious? I mean, granted, good job for, like, I guess, protecting your wife's values and all, but if you're in the heat of the moment, you're going to the damn World Series, you cannot rip off your damn jersey or have your teammates rip off your jersey, yet you go down into the clubhouse after you were swarmed at home plate and then come up with a total different shirt on? Okay, there, there's something fishy about that. There, there, there is. It's just, oh, my gosh. No matter what I'm going to do, when it, if I go to an Astros game, like Astros, you're dead to me now. I am so glad that you are not even in the National League Central anymore like when I was growing up watching baseball. I'm so glad they're in the American League Central. No, excuse me, American League. Yeah, they should be in the American League Central. They're out in the American League West. No, like Jose Altuve was a part of it. Carlos Beltran was a part of it. Alex Bregman was a part of it. Carlos Correa was a part of it. Who's the, uh, I can't think of his name right now, the the manager for the Red Sox was a part of it, Alex Cora. These guys were all a part of it. They were all ringleaders. Carlos Beltran, the biggest one. I don't know. I, I, I'm booing the Astros no matter what. I am. Oh, gosh. I, I just got I just got fired up way too quick and wait, wait, wait to end the show too. We got like thirty seconds left. Come on. Uh, well, in the Olympics though. Shout out to. Let's pull it up real quick. Shout out to Allison Felix. She wins her eleventh Olympic medal. She passes Carl Lewis for the most by runner. Congratulations to you, Allison. Impressive showing. She's the most decorated American in the track and field athlete of all time. Allison Felix, congratulations. It's been Saturdays with Kramer. I'll see you next Saturday. Thank you all for listening. Kansas City, bump it out. You're listening to Saturdays with Kramer on the Bet 1660.